0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit nbcocalacom slash stories to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to help support the ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Will you help me welcome our internet family? God bless you. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. So glad you're all here. Well, school's about to start back. Yeah, said none of the students. Yeah, Uh, but I do want to take a moment. I know that um, our academy starts tomorrow, and I think public school starts Wednesday. Um, I know our one of our neighbors they homeschool, and I think they start a week or two ago. And um, so here's the thing: is education is on, and education is a vital thing. I want to do this this morning. I want to pray for all of our teachers, administrators, and so forth. And your homeschool or your professor, Um, would you just stand this morning? First of all, we want to honor you for what you're doing. Go ahead, and if you're if you're a teacher, teacher, all right, remain standing. And we do we do honor you. And, And listen to me, what you're doing matters. And this is an important thing, and, and we want to pray for you this morning. So could we all right now, let's pray for all of our teachers and leaders. Father, we pray for uh, each of these teachers, administrators, helpers, in whatever way that they help in the educational process. And God, I believe it it's just a, a great value. It's an important thing. I pray that they would steward the time that they have. And most school teachers are going to have more face time with a student than their actual parents will. And I pray, Lord, that that time would be so well used. I pray that you put favor upon these teachers. Give them a new creativity. Give them new insight. Give them a sensitivity so that they can recognize gifts and recognize needs within their students and, and help them to grow and to nurture them and help them to fulfill their potential. I Pray for favor. Pray for safety. In the name of Jesus, we bind lawlessness and confusion and rebellion that would just try to pollute the whole process. And we just thank you for clarity. We thank you for peace in the classroom. And Lord, I just thank you for favor for all the teachers. And Lord, we just believe this to be their greatest year of impact, impacting students and helping to raise them up in the way that they should go. And we thank you and we call them blessed today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen. and amen. Thank you again, teachers. You may be seated. <laughs> Never thought I'd be praying for teachers. All right. Hey, speaking of teaching and teachers, this Wednesday, I'm, I'll be teaching on Wednesday. I have not taught a Wednesday night since I fell off the roof in November, and so I'm uh, excited to get back and teach some on Wednesday. I'm, I'm going to start kind of a series on the book of Proverbs, and I'm calling it Wise and Otherwise. And um, I, I read this, that um, Proverbs is wisdom dressed up in work clothes. It's how to apply it in our lives. And so come and be with us. You haven't been with us on Wednesdays or you haven't been for a while. We have a little saying around here, Wednesdays are worth it. And we have ministry to the whole family. And uh, we're, we're to gather together so much the more as we see the day approaching. And you don't have to look very far to see that uh, many, many, many things are changing. Amen. So uh, we'll see you on Wednesday night. Well, let's dive into our series on traps and tricks. Everybody say traps and tricks. Let's set the stage here, first of all, and we're in part five of this, and we've got one more week um, on this series. Um, God is almighty. He is the creator. He is the redeemer. He is the first. He's the last. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. Nobody put him into office. Nobody will take him out of office. He doesn't have to run for reelection. He is in, and he is God. And he's all-knowing. He's everywhere present at once. He is all powerful. He is good, and He is God. And by virtue of what He has done, He has brought us new life. He has redeemed us. He's rescued us out of the hand of the enemy. Literally transferred us out of. It was a dramatic rescue out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the sun, uh, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the Son of His dear love. And so that's a good thing. Some of y'all look like I was reading the phone book while I was saying all those things. I'm talking about our God. Amen. Well, and he has caused us to be victorious in life and after life. And Jesus has done and provided everything that we need for life and for godliness. And we are winners and not losers. Uh, and we are victors and not victims. Yes. And God has good things for us. But we have an enemy of our soul. And he is defeated, but due to, and this is a whole lot more message than I need to get into right now, he is the God of this world system. There's like a temporary lease. It's about to expire. And the enemy of our soul is the God of this world system, the scripture says. And what he does, and he knows his time is short, the book of Revelation says he's filled with fury. It's insane rage. And what he's trying to do is pull down whoever he can pull down, especially the children of God. So he cannot, hear this, he cannot just overcome us. He can't just come in and overtake you. So what he has to do is lay traps and play tricks. But for that to happen, there has to be some degree of cooperation on our part because he cannot just overcome us. So what we're doing in this series is, is making you aware If you are aware of the traps and tricks, then you can avoid them. And you can make adjustments in your life. And so that's what we've been doing now. This is the fifth week on this. The first week, we looked at the trap and the trick of proximity. If you don't get too close to it, it can't get you. If you're not there, it can't happen. Secondly, we looked at busyness. Thirdly, we looked at self-worth. And then last week, we looked at companions. Today, I want to look at the issue of, you ready for this? Words, words. Everybody say words. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 6 and 7, it says, A fool's lips, pay attention to that, A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for blows. The Amplified Bible says invites a beating. Verse 7, A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips, watch this carefully, his lips are the snare of, Of his soul. So here's a trap that this one got into, and it's a trap, it's a snare, and it happened to to him because of his words, and what it snared was his soul. Now, let me remind you that your soul, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Are y'all here? You are a spirit. You have a soul, you live in a body. Well, your spirit is always for the things of God. Your flesh, your body is always not for the things of God. How many of you know your body tried to tell you, we don't need to go to church today? Okay. We don't need to do devotions. Don't forgive them, punch them. You know, it's, it's always, come on, it's your flesh, right? Your spirit was like, It's church. And your body says, it's raining. So what? <laughs> you know, and you've got that going on. So how are we ever going to break that tie? And that's where the soul is. Now, your soul is your will, your intellect, and your emotions, your subconscious. And that's, it's eternal, I believe, and it's part of you. Your memory is there as well, not just your brain. But this is what happens with your soul. It's where you think, feel, and decide. Think, Feel and decide. So if you're off in your soul, you're going to be off in your decisions, in your feelings, in in everything. Think, feel, and decide. All those things are going to be off. So the enemy would love to snare your soul. But we found in this passage that this one who had a fool's mouth, what happened, he ended up stepping into the snare for his soul by use of his words. Some of the other translations say setting a trap to destroy yourself. Brings his life into danger. The New Living Translation says they trap themselves with their lips. They trap themselves with their lips. Ecclesiastes 10.12 says they are destroyed by their own words. So the trap and trick that we're looking at this morning are our words. Here's the dirty, dirty trick. Is that the enemy would get us to be involved in self-destruction. That he would get us to trap ourselves. You know, that we would voluntarily cooperate with the enemy of our soul. That we would set ourselves up for ruin and for destruction. And we do it by our words. Note that to get caught into a trap or a snare, as I said earlier, there, there involves some proximity, some closeness, some participation, some cooperation. You have to take the bait. You have to get close enough. You have to step into the trap. And so it's the dirtiest of tricks here that we end up snaring our own soul. Um, It says that it's a fool's lips or a fool's mouth that sets that snare for his own soul. The Bible tells us in the Psalms, two different places, that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Okay? So that is a foolish thing ever to say. It goes on then, and let's read in uh, Psalm 10, verse 4. You out there? Psalm 10 verse 4, the wicked in his proud countenance, and if you put that all together, this will be further defined in the book of Psalms and Proverbs that that would be a fool. The wicked in his proud countenance, watch this, does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. Okay, so he does not seek God and God is in none of his thoughts. So I said that the trap was words. But I want to take it a little bit further. Here's what the trap and the trick is right here. You ready? Godless talk. Godless talk. Say it with me. Godless talk. Remember, the fool's lips catch him in the snare, snares his soul. And then we just saw God is in none of his thoughts. He does not seek God, and God is in none of his thoughts. And you would say, well, how, how does that work? Because I'm not a fool. I'm not a fool. How many of you know that you cannot be a fool but still have a fool's mouth? How many of you have ever said some foolish stuff? Come on, you might as well get in with me here, all right? And and we say things. How many of you have messed up something before with your mouth? I'm, I'm waiting on you. Okay. It's all of we all have set a trap and a snare ourselves and stepped into it. We've ruined dinner before with our mouth. Holidays have been ruined, relationships have been ruined. Some of you have lost jobs because your trap got you into a trap. Okay? And so this this happens with but when we're talking about godless talk, I'm not just talking about evil speaking and cursing and cussing. I've got a little list here for you. It includes worry, fear, doubt, and unbelief, negative talk, rambling, strife, complaining, being critical bragging, boasting, lying, gossiping, hateful talk, mocking, murmuring, narrating life, faithless, hopeless, godless talk. And here's what it is, that we're talking as if there is no God or talking as if he's small, unable, unavailable, doesn't care. That's godless talk. And I think we've all done it. We do it pretty regularly. We get a problem, a challenge, some pressure, whatever, and we start to run our our mouth. And if we're not careful, it's godless talk. You get some kind of setback. You go, that's it. We're just ruined. It's just over. Nothing ever works out for me. Gosh, I tell you, just nothing. And you know what you're doing? That's godless talk. Because when something happens to you and God is in your thoughts and you're seeking God, you're not going to be talking that way. Right. All right, that happened. And that didn't bless me. But God will help me. And I'm never alone. I'm never without help. His mercies are new every morning. Are you, are you all with me? Yes. But we've all done it, haven't we? And you get that setback, You get that need. That whatever, whatever happens. And we must be careful that we don't have godless talk. That we start to, again, talk as if there's no God to help us. Or talking as if he's so small or unable or unavailable or unconcerned about us, we run our yappers. And we talk and we say things as if there's a, it's godless talk. And I'm telling you what, it sets you up and puts you in a trap. Amen? Amen. The enemy's very first trick recorded in scripture, it's his opening act, was minimizing the importance of words. Minimizing the importance of words. Go back to the garden, and we see that God had spoke things, said things to to Adam and to Eve. Enter the serpent to tempt and to distract and and trap. And he's dealing with Eve, kind of wearing her down. He says, "You know, you can go ahead and eat of this tree." She says, "No, no, no, no. God said," and she said what God said. And then here's his op- his first opening trick. Minimizing the importance of words, God didn't really say that. I mean, if He said that, that really wasn't what He meant. And He just kind of reduces and minimizes the importance of words. Look at me; words are important. God's words are important, but you ready for this? Your words, your words are important. The words that you yourself talk, the words you speak over what you're doing. The words you speak over your crew, your tribe. The words you speak over life. The words you speak to other people. Words are important. Amen. Amen. You must know that words are powerful. Words are containers. You actually load something up in a word and you say it. And sometimes you can say a word, but you loaded it wrong and the written transcript would say one thing, but when it actually comes across because of the tone, because of the spirit of it, because of the gesture that goes, that goes with it. You have know, to remember my mom would make me apologize to my sister. Tell your sister you're sorry and you love her. <sighs> now, tell her, sorry, love you. The written transcript was perfect. But the spirit behind it, are you with me? The tone behind it, amen? Amen. Now, watch this. Words are powerful. Words have consequences. Proverbs 18, verse 20 and 21. You will have to live, this is in the Bible. You will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. I don't want you to forget that, so why don't you read it with me, because I'm obviously reading it wrong. Read it with me here. You will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. Wowzer. What you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. Look in James chapter 3 verse 5 in the message paraphrase. A word out of your mouth. Say my mouth. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or what? Or destroy it. We must know that there are consequences with our words. So what do we do? How do we stay out of this trap? Here's what you do. You guard your mouth. Guard your mouth. Say it with me. Guard your mouth. Or as my mom would say, watch your mouth. Okay? Okay. Look in Proverbs 13, Proverbs 13, verse 3. Here's where we get this. He who guards his mouth, say it again, guard your mouth. He who guards his mouth preserves, stay with me, he preserves his life. If You guard your mouth, you preserve your life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have what? destruction, ruin that takes place. Look with me in Proverbs 21, verse 23. Whoever guards his mouth, there it is again, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his, his soul from troubles. You know what? We trouble our soul with things that we say. Earlier we read about that his it set a snare for his soul. So we must realize here that We can preserve life. We can keep our soul from trouble and from destruction if we will guard our mouth. It's kind of like this. We must deal with the monster that lives in the cave underneath our nose. I read this the other day. Your greatest enemy is not in your home or on your job. Your greatest enemy is in your mouth. So how do we guard our mouth? I want to give you four things real quick this morning. Number one would be this limit your words. Go ahead and say it. Limit your words. Look in Proverbs 10, verse 19. The more you talk, hey, y'all, this is in the Bible. The more you talk, the more likely you are to sin. And if you are wise, go ahead and help me read this, you will keep quiet. That's in the Bible, y'all. And look with me in Proverbs 17, verse 28. Even fools are thought-wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. You know, going back to school and all students pay heed to this, you know? And, and adults, listen, don't just dive into every conversation, political or otherwise. You know, sometimes if you'll just go, hmm, they'll think, gosh, that guy is so smart. Or we can open our mouth and remove all doubt. (laughs) Limit your words. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, it says, and I got to have your attention for this. It says, let your words be few. Let your words be few. Limit your words Maturity is knowing the difference between having something to say or just having to say something. So limit your words. In World War II, uh, the U.S. Department of War Information had a campaign because of concern of spies among us. And here's one of the banners for that campaign. Loose lips sink ships. You know, that could be your family. That could be your Fine. That could be dinner right there because you had to talk. You had to say things and, and not monitor, not guard your mouth. Loose lips sink ships. And while we're on the subject of limit your words, let me, let me just throw this in. I've got to throw this in. Stop interrupting people. Stop interrupting. You know, sometimes you watch news television or, or news radio, and they're all talking over each other. It's already confusing, and now it's more confusing. But see, when you or I interrupt someone, do you know what in essence we're saying to them? What you're saying is so not worth it. And what I have to say is so awesome that I must cut you off right now. That's what we're, we're saying. So honor one another. Now there's a time where you interrupt. You know, a toddler you may want to interrupt. Listen, Linda. Have you all seen that video? But limit your words. Everybody say limit your words. Second is this, qualify your words. Qualify your words. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Watch the, this is in the Bible. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. We have to qualify our words. Listen, your words are containers And what we must realize is before I speak it, it must pass some certain criteria. You know, if you're going to go on a flight, you know, there's certain criteria you have to pass. you got to get there on time. Uh, Your luggage is going to be checked. You have to have proper ID. You must have a boarding pass. You have to stay in line and act, you know, uh, behave yourself. You know, there are a number of things that before you're going to get on that container that's going to throw, fly through the, through the sky, there's certain criteria that you have to pass. And so before you speak words, and I know this is, this is hard. We're going to help you with it here, though. But I have to qualify my words. And I, I think there's at least three categories that the words must fit in, and then they're allowed to be spoken. First would be life, words of life. Second is words of faith. And words of edification. Words of life, not death. Words of faith, not doubt and unbelief. Words of edification, we build up, we don't tear down. Tearing down is the devil's business. We say it around here, build up or hush up. I raise my kids that way, build up or hush up. A lot of times they had to hush up. And I think we as adults must learn this as well. Well, we need to be careful that we're just not just spouting off everything. Uh, and qualify your words. When something happens to you, don't just, don't just immediately, see, nothing ever goes good for me. You know, we come back and we say these things over ourselves, over other people, and we must certainly be very, very careful concerning this. Thirdly would be this. Stay on the right side of the butt. I don't know what you're thinking but I'm just I'm just stay on the right side of the butt. Look in John 16 verse 33, the B portion of the verse. Jesus said, "In the world you will have tribulation." The amplified Bible says, "tribulation, trials, distress, distress, frustration. We'll have those in the world." Come on, give me a big butt. But, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So you've got to stay on the right side of the bus. You could reverse this. Wait a minute. If you reverse it, you lose the power of it. You say, Jesus, Jesus said he's overcome the world, and he said, be of good cheer. But I'm having trials and distress and frustration. And so you land on that note. You know, what if you've got a financial need? You can say, well, I know my God's house supply all my needs, quarters, riches, and glory. But I'm really in a tight spot. You know what you did? You landed on the wrong side of the butt. So faith is not about denying anything. There's some brands of faith even being taught that you don't, you never say you're sick. You never say you're upset. You never say you don't have. You never pronounce lack. That's wrong. It doesn't work that way. The good news is good news because of the bad news. And it's in the context of that. And so what happens here, faith doesn't deny. Faith relies and so what happens, you stay on the right side of the butt. So my finances are a little tight right now. We had, had some unexpected expenditures and wow, and that happened and that happened. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He takes care of the birds of the air. He takes care of the flowers of the field. He said he would take care of me. That land's way better than the reverse of that. Or you're feeling something you got some symptoms or even a a report from the doctor. Land on the right side of the body. I'm feeling this. I've got this going on. The doctor said this. But he is now and forever Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals me. And on the same cross at the same time that he paid for my sins and paid for my peace, he bore stripes upon his back so that I could be healed. My body's made to heal. The Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is in my body. He's quickening my body. That's better to land on that side of it all. Are you all with me? So stay on the right side of the butt. And then lastly, in case of emergency, in case of emergency, look at this in Proverbs 30, verse 32. If you have been foolish in exalting yourself or if you have devised evil, read this part with me. Put your hand on your mouth, okay? So we're going to have an emergency drill. We're going to practice this, okay? Clear, no, clear out, clear out. You're about to say it. You're thinking it. Here it comes. What do you do? You're just better off sometimes to, and, and you can dress it up if you want, so they won't know that you're struggling, just like, Whatever you got to do, okay? But don't let it out. Don't let it out. Remember Jericho? Joshua's leading the children of Israel. And he goes, gang, we're in the promised land now. And here's Jericho, this great walled city. And we're going to march around it. And then we're going to yell. And it's going to fall. Well, how many of you know some of the guys three and four rows back? He lost his mind. <laughs> what is going on with Josh? Well, you read further into the description and the instruction, and he, and he said this. He said, don't say a word. Don't say a word until I tell you to shout. And then it also says this. It says, don't even make a noise out of your mouth. Because how many of you know if he just said, be quiet, don't say anything... Well when they're marching around the walled city, how I many of you know someone were going, mm-hmm mm, 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 mm. And sometimes we're better to just do this. You'll save dinner, you'll save your job, you'll save relationships, you're gonna save a lot of things, you're gonna save your life, you're gonna keep your soul out of a snare if we will just not save. now this is beginner level. That's beginner level that you're still having to do this. Okay? But at least have that. In case of emergency, make sure that we can do it. Guard your mouth. Limit your words. Qualify your words. Stay on the right side of the butt. And in case of emergency, just cover your mouth. Here's the real story, and I need to share this just real quick. Faith is what helps us to overcome. And faith is in two places. It's in our hearts, and it's in our mouth. It's in our hearts, and it's in our mouth. Look at this real quick in Romans chapter 10. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your, in your mouth and in your heart. They're connected. They're connected. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Look at verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the Mouth confession is made unto salvation. Your heart and your mouth are connected. Your heart, with your heart you believe. With your mouth you speak. The psalmist David and the apostle Paul said the same thing. They said, I believe and therefore I speak. I believe and therefore I speak. What do I speak? I speak what I believe. Look at me for this. Never use your own mouth to speak against your hope. My kids are rotten, they're never gonna go anywhere. Is that your hope? Then put your hand over your mouth. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Our marriage is going down the toilet. Is that your hope? Of course not. Then then you want to alter this. And so, what is it you believe? What is it that you hope on the inside? And the spirit of faith, Paul said, is this that I believe and I speak. I believe and I speak. And faith is in my heart and faith is in my mouth. With my heart I believe. And with my mouth, I speak. And when you get those two together, my heart and my mouth, I get them together. The Bible says you will be saved. And that's the greatest miracle of all. And if that can happen for salvation, that can happen for every other thing in your life. Let's guard our heart. Let's guard our mouth. Let's keep them together and let them produce good things. Amen? Amen. Amen. Declare with me. Declare this with me in Psalm 19, verse 14. Make it a prayer right now. Let's all say this together. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Do you get anything at all out of this today? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.